Hey guys, my name is Emma Mack, and you are listening to the Getting to Know God podcast. Most of you guys don't know me. I am 25 years old, and I live in Texas. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a speaker. This is just from my personal study and what I've learned. I just want to strengthen my relationship with God and lead others to do the same. So that's where I'm at, and hopefully you'll take this ride with me. So as you know, if you've been following along, we just started the study of James, and today we're going to do James 2. And same as last time, you can just listen along, you can pull out your Bible, take notes. Whatever works for you is what works for you. I also wanted to add a little bit of a note because I left out something from last episode. So in the last section that we talked about, about having self-control and being able to control your words and emotions, the cross-reference is 1 John 2, 15 through 17. Do not love this world nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. And this world is fading away, along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. And that just ties into the verses 26 and 27 that I talked about last week. And I just wanted to add that in here before we start in chapter two. So like I did last time, I am going to read chapter two before getting into it. My dear brothers and sisters, how can you claim to have faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ if you favor some people over others? For example, suppose someone comes into your meeting dressed in fancy clothes and expensive jewelry and another comes in who is poor and dressed in dirty clothes. If you give special attention and a good seat to the rich person, but you say to the poor one, you can stand over there, or I'll sit on the floor. Well, doesn't this discrimination show that your judgments are guided by evil motives? Listen to me, dear brothers and sisters. Hasn't God chosen the poor in this world to be rich in faith? Aren't they the ones who will inherit the kingdom he promised to those who love him? But you dishonor the poor. Isn't it the rich who oppress you and drag you into court? Aren't they the ones who slander Jesus Christ, whose noble name you bear? Yes, indeed, it is good when you obey the royal law as found in the scripture. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you favor some people over others, you are committing a sin. You are guilty of breaking the law. For the person who keeps all of the laws except one is as guilty as a person who has broken all of God's laws. For the same God who said, you must not commit adultery, also said, you must not murder. So if you murder someone but do not commit adultery, you have still broken the law. So whatever you say or whatever you do, remember that you will be judged by the law that sets you free. There will be no mercy for those who have not shown mercy to others. But if you have been merciful, God will be merciful when he judges you. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or a sister who has no food or clothing And you say, Goodbye and have a good day. Stay warm and eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. Now someone may argue, Some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, 
How can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. You say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God. Good for you. Even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see, his faith and his actions worked together. His actions made his faith complete. And it so happens, just as the scriptures say, Abraham believed God, and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. He was even called the friend of God. So you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. Rahab, the prostitute, is another example. She was shown to be right with God by her actions when she hid those messengers and sent them safely away by a different road. Just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. Starting at the beginning of chapter 2. So the first section, verses 1 through 4, talk about favoring some people over others. It gives a very specific example of two people coming to a meeting, one dressed in fancy clothes and expensive jewelry, and another coming in in dirty clothes. And if you give the person in the fancy clothes the best seat and you send the other one to the back of the room, the discrimination shows that your judgments are guided by evil motives. What I got out of it is basically that discriminating others show that you don't have faith in the Lord. And you could put all types of people into this scenario, whether it be someone who is living with a significant other before marriage or got pregnant before they got married or someone who is gay. And this verse to me shows that you should treat all people the same no matter what. And then skipping down to verse 8 that says, Yes, indeed, it is good when you obey the royal law as found in the scriptures. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you favor some people over others, you are committing a sin. You are guilty of breaking the law. And to me, this plays right into the first section and that playing favorites is considered a sin, whether it be in your personal life, at work. So in the next section, verses 10 and 11, it talks about that breaking one law is still breaking the law. So this set of scriptures basically says that a sin is a sin. And that committing a sin that isn't bad, according to our society, such as living with a significant other before marriage, that those sins are just as bad as murder. A sin is a sin. Now, I do want to add in here that God forgives all sin. And so just because you've committed a sin does not mean that you've lost your salvation. You just have to repent and turn away and turn towards God. So I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad or say that you're living in a wrong way. I'm just trying to read what the scriptures say. So the next verses are 12 and 13, and they say, So whatever you say or whatever you do, remember that you will be judged by the law that sets you free. There will be no mercy for those who have not shown mercy to others. But if you have been merciful, God will be merciful when he judges you. So you will be judged by your actions. And if you show mercy to those around you, God will do the same when he judges you. And I also have a cross-reference for this one, which is Matthew 18, 32 through 35. And that says, When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Then the king called in the man he had forgiven and said, You evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? 
Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he paid his entire debt. That's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. So similar to being merciful to others and God will be merciful to you, if you forgive others, you will be forgiven. So the next section is 14 through 18. This one is about saying that you have faith, but not backing it up with your actions. And there's this saying that like, you don't have to earn your salvation. And that is true. You don't have to earn your salvation. But if you are truly living for God and striving to be more like him, good deeds will come of that because you will start to be more like him, obviously. So you don't have to do good deeds to get your salvation, but true faith brings up good deeds. So verses 19 and 20 say, you say you have faith for you believe that there is one God. Good for you. Even the demons believe this and they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? What I took from this is that believing in God and having a relationship with him are two different things because even the enemy believes in God. And I think it's really important to strive to have a relationship and become more like him. So two examples of people whose faith was backed up by actions were Abraham and Rahab. I'm sorry if I am not pronouncing that right. I'm just guessing. And Abraham, his story was in Genesis, but Rahab, I didn't recognize her name. And so I looked it up and her story is in Joshua 2. And the last verse says, just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. And that ties into verses 14 through 18, where it talks about backing up your faith with actions. So that is it for this week. Next week, we're going to do chapters three and four because they're both a little bit shorter and I want to just combine them. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at Getting to Know God Podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe. The more ratings and reviews we get, the more people that will be able to find the podcast and hear about God, which is all I want to do. I just want to spread the word. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you on Monday. <laughs>